Me and Kyle have like similar problems. Like I can't remember <laughs> names, and he just mispronounces names. Like Johnny, yeah, that's Jimmy. Johnny. Old Jimmy G. <laughs> it blew my mind again, all over again. You're like, I have Steelers. Well, Wilson's another guy where if Seattle's stupid enough to let him go, I was raving on Russell Wilson in our last episode. Call it now. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> going to Denver. They still got a. Uh... God, why do I always? Dude, I'm the worst at name. You need to be a top ten quarterback. Absolutely not. I mean, look at my Bears in 2006. When, when he remembers the year. Was it? Yeah. Oh, 100. <laughs> percent I remember that loss. Like it was yesterday. And this is where he's wrong. What you're wrong in and what I'm right in, by the way, everybody give me a hand for being right, um, is that... Welcome to Only Football with Kyle and Rick. This is... Oh, what's going on, everybody? It's Rick from Only Football bringing you another episode of Only Football, brought to you by Star 6 Media. Kyle and I are going over the divisional round weekend and what a weekend it was some say the best weekend in nfl playoff football so we'll recap that we're also going to go over our uh, rankings of the remaining playoff teams as well as talk about some head coaching vacancies let's get it No, it didn't pop. That was anticlimactic. I thought it was about to pop. <laughs> no, what? It did. It did. Oh, man. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. I got oh. some Topo Chico hard seltzer, baby. Let's go. I've actually had that. It, it, it is not bad. It is it's not pretty bad. good. I like it. I like it. I like it. I was looking at our, our intro video, and fun fact, none of those people are in the final four, besides Patrick Mahomes. I think he, Mahomes is in there. That's right. Um, That's right. So let's talk about it. What it what does it all mean? Um, we're gonna go we're gonna go in the order of the way the games were played. Mm-hmm. So, Rick, man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there, okay? Oh God, this is we're not I'm not gonna oh I was right I'm not gonna do none of that. All you better not we're gonna do is talk about the games, <laughs> but there were some very surprising things that happened. Oh yeah, and. I thought the games were all going to be really close. That was the vibe I was getting going into this week. Because like, there's going to be a lot of close football games. And there was one close mm-hmm. football game. Two. Well, there was two, actually. Um, but two blowouts, yeah. which is 50% of the games. Yeah. And that's why, like, if I'm being honest, when people – I think you had said it last episode when we were like – when you were like, this is usually – people, you know, say that this is the best – weekend of the nfl playoffs and i'm usually like eh, i don't know and because for me it's the conference championships which is the weekend coming up but most of the times they, it, it is there are a lot of close games like you said but this time it was like it there was like two close games but not really you know what i mean like it like one of them was the score was really close 
and that one it just didn't feel like it was really close but the score says it was close but i agree man it just it didn't feel as um exciting as i thought it would be but still some good games definitely and we're gonna start with the jaguars and the chiefs this i was right i no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> no. the top rope um <laughs> uh, i want to say this and and i i know you're gonna disagree but i want to say i wasn't wrong about this this game mm-hmm. and the the feeling that I had going into this game was that the Chiefs are a very beatable team. And I caught a lot of backlash for saying that, especially with all of this stuff behind me. True. And true. the the I just wanted the point that I was always trying to make was that 29th in in like third down, 31st in red zone defense, 32nd in passing yards allowed. I just think that there are more complete better teams out there and when i see defensive stats that are that bad right let's Mm -hmm. just call it what it is it's bad uh it makes me believe that a team is beatable even if it hasn't happened and this Mm -hmm. was another one of those matchups that there was a touchdown that was dropped lawrence put it on the money i mean it literally Mm -hmm. hit him in the hands and tried he holds that ball in that's a touchdown and then you had another touchdown when they were on the two yard line and uh, he just fumbled the ball right there in the goal line. And, yep. and then it just kind of felt like it all fell apart right there. But I didn't personally, I didn't leave this game feeling like the chiefs won this game. They didn't do anything wrong, but I'm definitely leaving this game feeling like the Jaguars lost this game. Um, what do you, what are your feelings about that? Um. So, you know, we, you, you start off mentioning the defense, right? For sure. The defense did not look good, but the thing is they looked good when it counted. They gave up 350 yards of offense to this Jags team. Not good, right? Not good at all. But what happened in the fourth quarter, they came away with a fumble and they came away with an interception in the clutch. But that wasn't even a forced fumble. What happened was he caught the ball, and he, when he went to tuck it, he actually fumbled that ball without even being touched by a chief. So but, it was what? Who came up with the ball? Well, they were yeah, there were chiefs there to recover. The <laughs> I ball. mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Like it, it's it's not look, look, sure. I we're not going to credit that one to the to the defense, but we got to credit to we got to give them credit in the fact that they recovered it and were able to stop a drive from the Jags in that sense. They were able to get to the ball. They recovered the football, drive over. There's there's really, it's black and white, right? They either recovered it or they didn't recover it. They didn't fumble it. We might be talking about a whole different outcome here uh, with the Jags possibly winning this game. But but no, I agree. The defense for the Chiefs looked very beatable. Um, But uh, they did come up clutch, like I said, in, in the fourth quarter with those two turnovers. Um, What really helped the Chiefs kind of uh, uh, cement this win too was the long drives, the possession time. They had 10 minutes more possession time than the Jags. And that was with Mahomes being out most of the second quarter with an ankle sprain. Chad Henney, who's like 80 years old, came in, led a 98-yard touchdown drive. Like like when, when you look at it, when you look at the score, 27-20, that was an important drive. And that's coming from the second stringer who's – hasn't started a game in who knows how long, right? Like, or, or at least a game that mattered in who knows how long, let alone 
you know, be subbed in for a playoff game. Like this was an important drive and they started at their own two and he was able to get them down to, to score. Now, now I will say Pacheco did have what, like 40 yards on that drive rushing. So yeah, he, he broke a couple. Yeah. So he, he, he was a big part of that, but the, the, the offense in general for the chiefs, Kelsey with two touchdowns. Um, I forgot who else scored, uh, but this was a this was a big game for the offense. The defense came in through cl- in at the clutch time, but the Jags, I think Trevor Lawrence said it better, said it best himself. I don't look at this as the end, but more of the beginning of something, and yeah. that's that's what it is, man. Like I got to give all the credit to the Jags. They came into Arrowhead, put up twenty points against the Chiefs, fumbled the ball, lost it. And that was kind of it after that. Again, the possession time was huge for the Chiefs, but you know, only one team gets to gets to go into their fifth straight AFC championship, and that's the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think as much as it sucks to lose in a way where you're like, man, like we didn't we beat ourselves. Mm-hmm. We we dropped there, we left two touchdowns on the board. I think that's better than the alternative. And what I mean is the way the Bills lost mm-hmm. last year was like we literally played the best version of ourselves that we could ever be. And we yeah. still lost. Now, yeah. how do you go back to the drawing board in that scenario? Right? It's a lot tougher mm-hmm. than uh, the Jags uh, situation. Cause right now I think they can go into the off season. I'd be like, Hey, if we clean up some of this stuff, not only can we be back next year, but I like our chances against <coughs> anybody that we play. Uh, especially like Trevor's going to make another big leap. This is kind of the way it happened. Even if you look back all the way to Manning, he mm-hmm. had the most picks of any rookie. And then he has this kind of jump where, you know, he's the franchise guy. And then it's that next year where it's like, okay, paint Manning, the paint mm-hmm. Manning that we know and love really like it was his third year that we were like, okay, this dude's going to be a really good player. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, and, uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot to grow and build from. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought Trevor Lawrence had his team in a position to win the game. It was just, ugh, man, it was, it was hard <laughs> to watch the, uh, I don't know why I have it playing on replay right now. The, yeah. the exact drop, but oh no, it's like, it's such a great ball. And when Lawrence released that ball, his receiver wasn't even open yet. Mm. It was just such an amazing play. And it's sometimes it's just one or two plays like that where you know a quarterback is going to be special and around for a while. And I I definitely agree with what he said at the end of the game. He said he is uh, half you know proud of what the team was able to accomplish this year. Nobody really mm. gave Jacksonville a chance. And then half disappointed in that it's all over. And uh, I... I know the further you get into the playoffs, the more it hurts to mm-hmm. to get sent home. So, but yeah, for the Chiefs, I think they are they're gonna have they're gonna have their hands full next week because the Chiefs are not gonna play. Let's see, the this is this was their first game <clears throat> of the postseason, so they didn't yep. have to play anyone last year or last week. But um, I'll say their next game is probably going to be very. Uh, a lot more challenging than this matchup was. And the one thing they have going for, for them is that it's going to be at home, but 
that's pretty much all I got for for this game. Um, the Chiefs able to get the win, and that's mm-hmm. all that really matters when it's all said and done. And now the Chiefs at home, one game away from going to the Super Bowl. So, yep. Um, no matter how bad their their defense is playing, if 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 you only need one game to get in the Super Bowl, anything's possible. I don't care who's in that game. There's just something special about being one game away from the Super Bowl where oh, yeah. everybody has a chance that's in yeah. the game, um, especially the team with the greatest quarterback in the world. So, um, and our next, and, yeah, sorry, and and real quick, last thing is is we got to think about Mahomes being out the entire second quarter. That's that's huge, and and he has an ankle sprain. He was in crutches, I think, after this game. So who knows? what going into the conference championship is what's going to happen. Right. So I, I just, I, you know, it's a seven point game, but if, you know, if, if nothing happens to Mahomes and he's able to play the second quarter with how good he is in the playoffs, again, who knows what would have happened, but all, but, but what happened is he sprained his ankle. Now he's on crutches this week. So we'll see. Yeah. And he wanted to continue playing and Andy Reid said that he wasn't going to let him keep playing until he went and got, x-rays yeah and and then he came out and i think a lot of it was tentative like he came out starting in the third quarter and he wasn't as accurate he was missing some throws yeah um just some stuff that he normally doesn't miss you could tell that the, the ankle was affecting his ability even to move around the pocket and i i was actually like hey you just you just kind of tested the waters with your backup and he goes mm-hmm. on a 98 yard touchdown drive, maybe keep him in the game. So Mahomes is rested up for next week, assuming they were going to win because, mm-hmm. you know, Andy Reed was, that's what the decision was. I mean, nobody likes to talk about it because it sounds really cocky, but he, he was thinking, um, you know, do I want Mahomes to be more healthy going into next week? And can I beat the Jags with my backup quarterback? Yeah. And the, I think the answer was, yeah, but Mahomes wanted to play and he was like, you know what, if you, if nothing's broken and he says he can play, I'm going to let him play. So uh, he did say after the, the game though, he said it feels uh, better already. And the Adrenaline. Chiefs don't, <laughs> yeah. And the chiefs don't have any like, uh, what do you call like TVs in the back? So yeah. he was talking a little bit about that. It's because uh, they want, there's like a whole process, you know, hot water therapy, cold water therapy, getting mm-hmm. massaged, mm-hmm. probably essential oils, machines. I don't know, but um, they take the like kind of the rehab post game care stuff really serious. They to the point where they're not allowed to watch TV because it, it could be a distraction. I was like, wow, that's pretty wow. crazy. Yeah. So um, I've had a really bad ankle sprain before. And when it's really bad, it takes uh, like eight weeks to get better. Oof, I mean, Jesus, like, but his wasn't that bad because um, he wouldn't have been able to play with it. Yeah. High ankle sprains, which is what he had is actually a better thing. I don't really know what that's like, but yeah, ankle sprains are one of those things that can just be detrimental. And, and unless you've ever had a real one, mm-hmm. it just seems like something you can just play through until you have one and then you're like, Oh man, he might be back for the playoffs. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that'll be, 
that'll be something to keep an eye on. Like you said, uh, mm. will we have a hundred percent Mahomes? Um, our next game is not as close. <laughs> we had there were actually people taking the Giants on this game, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at um like DraftKings. I think it was minus minus nine. And basically what happens is they'll start with a big spread like that. And then they'll see where does the public put all their money. And then about three days later, you'll see it go up or go down. Um, so, cause they don't want to lose a bunch of money. So they're like, okay, everybody's going in on the Eagles. Let's make the spread 12 points instead of nine. Um, yep. But you saw this number stay the same all week, which means the world was divided. You had half people saying, I like the Giants to keep it within, you know, close game. And you had half the people going, look, the Eagles are going to blow the Giants out of the water. And I was on that team. Mm -hmm. I understood kind of the the Minnesota Vikings were a middle of the pack team. And I also understood that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and the home field. And that's what we got. We got an old fashioned like ass whooping from the Eagles and I want to know is this more about the Eagles being a dominant team because now going into San Francisco the Eagles are going to be the favorite because we follow whatever happened last week so intensely like if you think about how the Giants even got to this point where we were taking them very serious it's because they beat the Vikings but now Mm -hmm. the Eagles just blew them out so now going into next week it's going to be like the Eagles are going to, you know, probably beat the Niners by seven to 10 points. Um, but how much of what happened was the Eagles just being an extremely dominant team? They have four players on their D line with 10 plus sacks. They're the only team in the NFL that has every person on their D line with more than 10 sacks. They're the best, the best pass defense in the NFL in passing yards mm-hmm. per game, giving up. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. great receivers. And Gooder looks like he's back to that form that he was in the beginning when we were putting him in the Travis Kelsey um, kind of category. So I just look at this team and, you know, Miles Sanders and and I'm just like, man, and their O-line is nasty. They will punch you in the mouth. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be extremely hard to beat. And the Giants just seemed like they were completely outmatched. Did the Giants have a bad game, or are the Eagles insanely good? The Eagles are insanely good. It, there's it's it's point blank. The Eagles are so good. They you everything you just said is a hundred percent accurate. Their offensive line studs. Their wide receivers studs. Their quarterback studs. Their defense as a whole studs. This whole team is a 10 out of 10, man. It's it. And this is their first game they played in the playoffs and they destroyed the giants 38 to seven. I, I think I said that they would destroy them. I didn't think by 31 points, I did not think they would beat them by, I, I, I had two scores. I had maybe 10 to 14 points. They'd beat them by, they beat them by 31 <laughs> points. They held Kayvon Thibodeau in check all game. They kept they kept Saquon in check all game. Daniel Jones got sacked what five times by this defense? Five, yeah, five times. They only let up 227 total yards of offense. 
in the playoffs, dude. And this is their first game. They got like, like we, we go back to last year when it was Hertz first playoff game in, in the wild card and you know, they got beat, but this is their first playoff game as, as, as the number one seed. And they absolutely proved why they were the number one seed. The Philadelphia Eagles, man, are no team to fuck with. And that's that hurts only threw for 154 yards. He had two touchdown passes and a touchdown run. Like those aren't stats that jump out of the page. That's not like, that's not a, a like what Burrow did or, or like, you know, regular season stats where you're thinking of like Patrick Mahomes, like 350 yards, three, four touchdowns. This, this, this guy threw for 154 yards, two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And they outscored the giants by 31 points. It's insane, man. He, you, I think you said it during the regular season when we were talking about MVP candidates and how Jalen hurts is, uh, 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 probably going to be the MVP. They won out there because he went out there and he led that team. He like led, led that team, right? If any, if you throw any other quarterback, it'd be, it'd be a tough go, I think for the, for the Eagles, but Jalen hurts is like, you, you talked about his like uh preseason or off season workouts, his, 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 his Coach knowledge of the, yeah. Like, like his knowledge, his, his leadership skills, like they just, they were on display in this game. That's the reason they killed, they killed the giants. Um, so I mean this this team is gonna be is gonna be tough. And then Bart Scott added to his, his total touchdowns against the Giants. That's 10 total touchdowns against the Giants for Bart Scott. I know it, I thought about you when he scored. Yeah, <laughs> legit Giants killer. Um, but they killed the 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 Giants, man. The 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 Giants, uh Daniel Jones, 135 yards and in interception. Saquon only had 61 yards. Uh, Matt Breda, who had like maybe like 40 yards or something like that rushing, had the only touchdown. Um, and I mean, the, dude, the Eagles move on to the conference championship in great fashion. They, they're just not to be fucked with. Yeah. And I think for the Giants, they just have to build off of, you know, what, what they what they had this year. And I think even even though it doesn't feel good to be embarrassed, I think mm-hmm. you got to be proud of what they accomplished. I yep. mean, they're, they're relevant again. Like people will take them serious going into next year. Um, people are going to take them in a whole new light compared to what we thought going into this year. Um, I mean, the NFC East in general, three of the final four teams from one division. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. If, you know, if mm-hmm. it was your division, that would be, well, you wouldn't want the Packers there, but um, it's like cool to know that, okay, we, we play in a, a good division. Mm-hmm. And for the Eagles, do you think it's better to – I call them like a tune-up game almost when you blow somebody out. Do you think it's better to have a hard-fought win in the divisional round or just like beat the shit out of somebody going into the AFC championship game? Because you can look at it both ways. Yeah, you could <clears throat> you could look at it both ways. I if 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 I'm playing a team like if if I'm six foot five and I'm the quarterback of the Eagles or whatever Jalen Hurts is, I want to blow these guys out because they're my division rival. Like I want to blow them out in the playoffs. In the playoffs, it's even sweeter. I think. Yeah, you can beat them twice in the regular season, but if they're a bad team, then it's like whatever. But if you blow them out in the only game that matters in the playoffs, I, I, that's so much sweeter. It, it, I, I think 
it, man, it's almost boring almost at that point. But I, even as a fan, I would want that team to blow out the other team. If, if, if you're like, if this is my bears versus the Packers and my bears move on 38 to seven, uh, dude, I'm ecstatic. And I think as the bears, any play on the bears, you're ecstatic too. And you're ready for the next game. Is your confidence that is, is at an all time high too? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking more along the lines of like, Hey, Okay, because the Giants had a uh, had kind of a big win against mm-hmm. the Vikings, but that was kind of a close game. Mike, yeah. Mike, yeah, I guess you always want to win, whether you know it's by a point. You can't really predict how much you're going to win by. Yeah, and imagine if imagine if the 49ers would have blown out the Cowboys. It would have been really hard to predict that. But I mean, what if? What if the Cowboys would have beat the Eagles next week? So you don't really know like yeah. what you're dealing with when you look at the matchups. All you can do is play the team that you're playing. And man, this is going to be set up. This is the game everyone wanted. Like it was cool seeing the Giants, mm-hmm. but we <laughs> said it. I think <laughs> it was like week 15. It was, and I know for a fact, uh, I specifically said it in week 17. I was like, the Chiefs are going to play the winner of Bills Bengals, and the the Giants will play the Niners, and or yep. the the Eagles will play the Niners. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a crazy bold prediction, right? It's just we we kind of knew like, hey, the NFL's got like these tier one teams, and then everybody else, yeah. And the the teams that are up there are really separating themselves from everyone else. Oh yeah, um, and that's what you're seeing. So. And a matchup where we thought we had maybe two teams that were in that tier, but then we had a team separate themselves inside of that tier with another team, and that was the Bengals Bills game. So when you look at when you look at the the Jags Chiefs game, it, it was a close game, and mm-hmm. I'm only using this because it was the other AFC game. And then when you look at the Bengals Bills game, it's like the Bengals like they they beat the shit out of the Bills, <laughs> they like did. they. The, I don't think anybody could have predicted it. I will say all the pre-sales for the Chiefs-Bills AFC Championship game, I think the Bengals took that personal. Being yeah. the fifth favorite to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC after being in the Super Bowl, I think they took that personal. Yep. And the way they played the game, they were, they were angry. Uh, Joe Mixon, the offensive line held up so well. And we talked about being worried about the O-line missing three of five. Dude, they looked amazing. They were mm-hmm. they were running the ball, and he was they were getting seven, eight, ten yards after contact. They yep. were running through players, they were physical. He they got Jamar Chase involved. I mean, the Bengals could do whatever they wanted. It, almost every time they touched the ball, they got some type of points on the board. And then defensively, they played so good. And mm-hmm. Out of all the teams in the NFL, I think the the Bengals are probably the least respected defensively because when the season started, they were not you know a crazy good defense, but then they got better as the season went on. Where like the Bills were good from the get go on defense, so we always knew, yeah, Bills great defense. Mm-hmm. But the Bengals are actually third in the NFL in points allowed per game. It, there it's 49ers, Bills and Bengals. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have an underrated defense and that defense was just nasty. 
They were f- forcing turnovers. They were getting after the quarterback. The, <coughs> the Bills couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball. Um, Josh Allen couldn't use his legs. They had a uh, kind of a QB spy thing with the linebacker. And uh, his job was to contain uh, Josh Allen. And, I mean, it was just one of those days where you saw, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Stefan Diggs fighting on the sideline. There was yeah. a time where he threw him the ball in the first quarter and he was like going like this to say, like, throw the ball higher. Yeah. And then like the two series later, uh, Josh Allen throws the ball and he's doing this to tell him to run his route more north and take mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a wider angle on it than oh, cutting so hard. So you have this like back and forth and then you have the screaming on the sideline when Josh Allen's looking at his tablet and, and then you had him, go and take all of his stuff and leave the facility before they even brought it. So it was just one of those days where <laughs> I felt like the, the Bengals took the respect mm-hmm. that they deserved by force. They, this isn't, I, 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 I still think there's going to be people that are like the bills lost this game. The Bengals didn't win it. Like the bills <laughs> beat themselves. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They were literally like more physical at the mm-hmm. point of contact. Like I was so impressed and you know how I felt about the Bengals. We got mm-hmm. into a debate about it and I still didn't expect that to happen. I did yeah. not expect the Bengals to win like that. And uh, I did pick them <laughs> because I thought at the very end of the, the, the episode, I said, you know what though? Like if, if I believe Joe Burrow is who, who I think he is, why would I not pick the Bengals? Because he he took a worse offensive line to the Super Bowl last year. So for Joe Burrow, yep. it was just kind of like business is normal <laughs> when his offense got depleted. Um, and I, I can't even say they didn't play good. The offensive line is my like game ball. Everyone gets a game ball. They yeah. played so good. There were huge holes for, for the running back. The pocket had protection. Um there was a couple times that they got through, but for the most part, they held their own. And this is uh, this is gonna be this is lining up to be an amazing uh, rematch of the AFC Championship game, and uh, that's that's kind of cool because of yeah you know, we we brought so much drama into the game. <laughs> and we were like, it's only happened once. Well, yeah, the football gods heard us, and we're gonna get it again next week. <laughs> and that should be a lot of fun. What, what's your takeaways from that game? Uh, real quick, before I get into that, I like that you gave your game ball in this game to the O line. Just because I, I think it's gonna be really cool to do. Let's give our game ball in the other two games. Chiefs, Jags. Who's your game ball going to? Um, Chiefs, Jags. My game ball is gonna go to Chad Henney. Damn it. That was mine. <laughs> two game balls to Henny. Two balls to Henny. Oh, then um, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Travis Kelsey did have two touchdowns. So Chad Henny and Travis Kelsey uh, get the game ball from Kyle and I. What about uh, Eagles Giants? Um, Eagles Giants. I think, I think you got to give it to the leader. You got to, you got to give it to, to Jalen Hurts. Respect, respect. I'm going to give this one to Bart Scott for scoring another touchdown <laughs> nice. <on the> Giants. <laughs> so I want to give that one to Bart Scott. Kyle's giving it to Jalen Hurts. Now, Bengals-Bills. Burrow 
and football. That's what Cincinnati does. <laughs> Burrow and football. All right. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Burrow is a winner, man. It, it's God. It he proved it this game. And I'm gonna get into my Bills, Bills monologue, outrage, whatever you want to call it here in a bit. But but Burrow, man, 242 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. Played basically a perfect game. Mix in 105 yards and a touchdown, 172 yards rushing overall for this this team. You mentioned the O-line, three out of five they were missing. They did whatever the fuck they wanted to that Bills defense. They the the defense uh for the for the Bengals underrated all year, like you said, and somehow still a top three scoring defense, right? They were underrated all season. They came into this game and kept the Bills at 10 points. Great overall. Like, you couldn't play a more perfect game. Like, it, the only, it would have only been, like, the most perfect game if they would have held the Bills to zero points. Then that would have been like, holy shit, what are we dealing with here, right? And there was um, a Jamar Chase touchdown that got reversed. Yeah, I, I that didn't. Was, that was like a 50-50. Yeah. The, the ref that called this game has hit the under on like 80% of his games because he's thrown the most flags of any ref in the NFL. Really? He's just a, yeah, he's a very like, like if it's a 50, 50, no, yeah. there's not going to be a touchdown call, no matter who it yeah. is. Like, I don't know if there's something to that. I don't want to get conspiracy or anything, but <laughs> when he Kyle, calls, it's like low scoring. Kyle, Kyle does want to get conspiracy theories. He's I not going to do it on this episode. He's working for um, Vegas. The under hits every time he plays. It was like 98%. For, I was going to say, he's working for DraftKings. He's an inside man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that was that was the Bengals. The, the, like I said, they played a, a near perfect game. Um, Burrow is just so fucking cool under pressure. He was so good in this game. Mixon, Jamar Chase, Higgins. Uh, Boyd, everyone played a very, very good game. And, you know, all props, all praise to the Bengals for such a great game. Now the Bills. Oh, boy, the Bills. <laughs> and that's not even that I'm a fucking fan of the Bills, dude. They pissed me off. And you saw me in the comments. I was like, wow, the Bills just suck. The Bills just suck this game. I actually, I that that comment rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> like so i i, I, I could like, see why i could see why because you you probably thought that i just meant like wow the bills are losing this game they're doing it to themselves not the bengals are winning this game and that's not what i meant at all i just meant that that was a terrible showing of bills football yeah yeah it was what, awful what i tuned into while I, whatever I, it was that i watched was <laughs> miss tackle miss tackle driven back first down by the Bengals rushing all over them. The bills couldn't, couldn't tackle. They couldn't, they, they were getting their arms around guys and, and mix in and, and Jamar chase, even burrow was just shedding tackles, man. It was, it was embarrassing. And I, I, when I say that, I think I speak for all bills fans. When I say that it was embarrassing, I loved the bills coming into this year. We, when we started this show, all we could do was rave about the Bills and how they're supposed to go into the, the, the Super Bowl, this and that. You know, obviously things change as the season and postseason moves forward. But I was still on like like Josh Allen, this, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs, the defense, Von Miller, he got hurt. So, you know, whatever. 
for 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 a top 10 unit in the Bills defense for most of the regular season, they look like a fucking bottom 10 unit this game. And yeah. and, and again, I, I I'm giving all the credit to the Bengals for winning this game because you said earlier you're like there's still some people who said the Bills lost this game. And I'm like that would usually be me if this was a closer game, but the Bills got dominated and that's just as simple as that. No matter what the elements were, no matter what the conditions were in, in Buffalo, this was supposed to be in Buffalo's favor. They looked tired. They looked uninspired. They looked like they didn't even want to like play defense against this Bengals team. The Bengals, you said it earlier, they just out physical the Bills. And this was just 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 embarrassing for, for the offense was no better. Allen threw for 265 yards, rushed for a score, the only score, by the way, in that in this game, threw an interception. The other than him, the rush game was was a bust. Uh, Stephon Diggs, thirty five yards, and like you said, the post game blow blow up with Allen. I didn't even realize that they were having these like little arguments or little whatever during the game. So that just yeah, whenever that, whenever something's going wrong, he's mm-hmm. like a total diva. But when things are going right, he's a great teammate. I've yeah. seen that, and 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 that makes sense. All those little things that were happening in game as to what can what what happened the last two minutes of the game or whatever it was when it happened um 35 yards and you know he was targeted like 10 times but, but i think had like four receptions whatever um and then just 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 josh allen man he could not get anything going uh the Bengals had a had a spy on him like you said making sure that he wasn't going anywhere um the Bengals beat them and I mean, they 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 beat them in every sense of that word. Is they beat them, third year in a row that the Bills just get just beat, just beat. I think the first game against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship was more of like a, a close game. Um, or I'm sorry, that was the second year last year when it was a close game in the divisional round. But this year, man, it's just like wow. Are the Bills even? Are are the are the Bills even that good? Are are the Bills? <laughs> You know, remember when we were um, comparing the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs to the Patriots, the Colts, and the Steelers? Yeah, yeah. I think the I think that the Bills are starting to become a little bit more Coltish, and, and not not Steelerish. Coltish, or I'm sorry, Steelerish, where they don't go, where they like don't burning they don't... sage in the basement. Coltish, <laughs> <laughs> more 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 Pittsburgh Steelerish, where it's like. Oh yeah, they're good. They just kind of lose in the playoffs every once in a while, but they're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, man. It, it's 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 gearing up to be a very good AFC Conference Championship game, like probably one of the best that we'll ever see. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think so too. Yeah. Because because uh, the Bengals are just good. Yeah, the bank. I, I think so too because um, you mentioned and I I rewatched everything you said. And I actually agree with everything. You're basically just saying like Mahomes has been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. Burrow's like the new kid on the block and you can't just go off of one. Right. So I do think it's kind of cool because when you look at Mahomes' first year as a starter, he, he didn't go to the the AFC championship game. Mm -hmm. I think he got beat in the divisional round by Brady. No, I, I, I think his first year that he started, he didn't even go to the playoffs. But I'll, I'll double check that as, as you as you talk. Yeah, and uh, and then obviously we didn't really get a real first year from uh, Joe Burrow because he tore his ACL 
um, in the middle of the season. And then when he came back last year, he took his team to the Super Bowl by beating Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. So we were like, okay. And like he said, it happens once. It's it's I would I don't want to say a fluke, but it's not a trend. Mm-hmm. And but now you got two full seasons of Burrow, and he's been in the AFC Championship game <clears throat> twice. And the Bills haven't even been to an AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. No, 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 like no, no. They did. They did. Uh, they did in 2021. They lost to Kansas City. 2021. Yeah. That was oh, so last, the year before last year? The year before last, yeah. So the 2020 season. Oh, okay, okay. They yeah, lost to Kansas City. Yeah, because it happened in January. Okay. Yeah. But but still, um, so now now it's kind of it seems like a trend that Joe Burrow is gonna be in the AFC championship game and Patrick Mahomes is the other team that'll be in the AFC championship game unless these two teams ever play in a divisional round. This is almost this. This seems like the new normal, and I think if you look at the beginning of the the season, uh, they started zero and two, and uh, the chances of making it to a conference championship game when you start zero and two is eleven percent. So, but you can throw away that stuff with a guy like Joe Burrow, and yes. now what this does is because still Mahomes has done it for so long, but now you got this guy who's done it twice in his first two full seasons. And if he can beat Patrick Mahomes uh, twice, basically Mm -hmm. since Joe Burrow plays played a full season of football, the chiefs haven't been able to get to the super bowl. Then it becomes like, Oh, this is a great rivalry. Like I think it was official. I think, I don't want to say officially after. I think it's like going into this game, it's officially kind of like a rivalry. Like for Mahomes, this is a revenge game. Mm-hmm. And for Joe Burrow, he wants to prove that, you know, he's not – because everyone knows like Joe Burrow is, you know, the neglected stepchild to Patrick Mahomes. Like the NFL loves Patrick Mahomes. Like and Josh the, Allen, really. And Josh Allen. Yeah. And then Joe Burrow is just kind of like, hey, can I come on the fishing trip with you guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And I and I think he there's going to I think he's going to be playing with a lot of um, I think this is good for the Bengals. They've been playing kind of this underdog approach for the last year where um, nobody counts them out, but nobody counts them in. It's like this weird middle where it's like, yeah, the Bengals until until they beat the shit out of the Bills. And then people are like, OK, we'll take the Bengals serious now. Um yeah. But I I think it's almost better for this team to be on the road and be an underdog. That they seem to thrive in that scenario. Where we saw them at home against the Ravens, they didn't look, you know, as good. Yeah. But now, you know, I think that this is this is lining up to be some of the best football we've seen in a while with these two games and the rivalry officially kicking off. Did you find that set? Uh, no, so I know he's three and three in the playoffs, and that was in the 2019 season. I just don't remember when he came into the NFL, though. I think he came in 2018. 2018. So here, I'm gonna. I got his Wikipedia up, so it's gonna be. Let's see. Yep, 2018. You're right. So he didn't make it his first year, but his second year, he made it all the way to the AFC Championship. Or, I'm sorry, the the <sighs> the divisional uh, championship or divisional game and then the AFC championship and then the divisional last year. And now the divisional again this year. 
Oh, so they were yeah. in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots in, in Patrick Mahomes' first year. Yeah, uh, yes. I yeah, because so. they lost that game in overtime. And um, had the rules changed the way they are now, mm-hmm. Mahomes would have got a chance. Even no, though- no, 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 no. They were in the AFC Championship against the Chiefs. Who was? The Bills. Oh, the Bills. I thought you were looking at Patrick Mahomes first. Year. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I was talking about Josh Allen because we were we were like, when did Josh Allen get in the league? Oh, yeah, Cause we, yeah. Cause we were like, I did ask we, that too. Yeah, because we didn't know if his first year in the in, in the league was a playoff year, but no, it wasn't. So he was in the year 2018. 19, he made the divisional playoffs. 2020, he made the, the uh, AFC championship, conference championship. Then again, the divisional last year, divisional this year again. Um, but, and, and you had mentioned how the Bengals didn't look good against the Ravens. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about the giants and the Eagles, the giants looked really good or they, they were able to beat the Vikings. Right. But then they get smoked by the Eagles. So how are we able to tell that? You know, cause, cause I remember using again, using that game because that's all we had to go by in the playoffs being like, dude, I don't think they really beat the Ravens. I think they kind of, the defense won that. Joe Burrow didn't look very good. The offense didn't look very good. And then they come on and just smoke the Bills. You know what I mean? So it just kind of goes to show, like you said, you can't really take a lot of these things into consideration when we're talking about playoffs on a person, on a leader like a Jalen Hurts or, or a Burrow, right? Like you said, 0-2 to start the season, you have 11% chance to get into the conference championship. Look at they're going into the conference championship. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things look, the the it's the all line that was the difference maker in this game. Yeah. And that's why they all get because the the all line didn't play like that against the uh the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That's why he only had on average 2.5 seconds to throw the ball and the longest pass was 19 yards in the <laughs> entire game. Yeah. So, it was just like a different type of game, but Bengals Ravens have always been kind of those grinder, you know, 12 to 15. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's also a little bit of the, uh, the head coach for the Ravens, John Harborough. I think he's yeah. just a really great coach and had his team ready. And here's yeah. the last thing to kind of pivot from the coaching thing. Uh, that's just me giving the Ravens a little bit of credit, but check this out. The final th- Eight coaches that were were in was uh, Andy Reid, mm-hmm. offensive coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Peterson, offensive coach, offensive background, and then you had uh, Sirianni, offensive Sirianni. guy, Dabble, offensive mm-hmm. guy, and then you have Zach Taylor, offensive guy, um, and then obviously Kyle Shanahan, and uh, and. Uh, uh, Mike McCarthy are both offensive minded. So you had one defensive coach out of everybody as a head coach. And this is the way the NFL is trending. The best teams mm-hmm. have an offensive coach. Um, and that was, that was uh, Sean McDermott. Yeah. For, for the bills. And you saw like a lot of what happened. I felt like they were out coached. Mm-hmm. It really, it really looked like they, like Zach Taylor went in there with such a great plan it yes. worked. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just looked at that and I was like, you know, this defensive coach thing, like, what is it? Because the Bengals, when you look at the roster, why are they not in the Super Bowl? Like, what is it? Is this the is this gonna be the Cowboys now? Mm-hmm. Where I mean, 
they already have a track record of going to the Super Bowl four years in a row and losing every single one. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, this was the year that we were like, no, there's no way the Bills don't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then they don't just kind of lose. Like, they get blown destroyed. Out. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bengals literally posted on their Twitter after the game, like, uh, make sure y'all get that refund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Burrow said that. It's like, so, because, because, and, and real quick, I just want to get to this, this comment by Bill. By, by the way, Bill, cheers. Welcome to What's the stream. What's up, Bill? Uh, said Joe is going to have a chip on his shoulder and want some respect. You said it earlier too, man. The, 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 the Bengals do not get respected enough. They're disrespected. They're underrated. And the fact that the NFL was already selling tickets to the neutral site in Atlanta for a Bills Chiefs game, uh, again, you said it. It pissed them off and it put a chip on their shoulder and it made them want to come in this game and take it and take that that division win and go into the conference championships with that like full head of steam, you know, going up against this chiefs team. Yeah. And it's going to, that's going to be a tough game and I can't wait to, to, to break that down with you on Thursday. Oh yeah. Our final game was the Dallas Cowboys taking on Brock Brock Hard Hurdy <laughs> in the 49ers. Oh, real um, quick. Sorry. I was going to yeah. give my game ball in the Bengals oh, game, game, ball, to, uh, game ball. Yeah. yeah to Zach Taylor. I was going to give it to the head coach. Because, oh, like you one. said, he had a great plan. Um, um, and, and that was just there. He deserved it. Every, every part of that win he deserved. Yeah. When you think snow game, you're like, oh, this is going to help Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. And then it's like, oh, wow. What happened? Um, so the Cowboys came in to candlestick to play the Niners. Um, it was a really good game. I thought that Cowboys defensively, it almost seems like the cow, the Cowboys came out and they were like, Hey, let's play the 49ers style of football, mm-hmm. but let's do it to them. Uh, yeah. let's be very aggressive. Let's stop the run. Like all the things that the 49ers are so good at the Cowboys were able to do it too. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really able to run the ball effectively in the first half. Um, Kyle Shanahan, even even with the ball in his hands, he it was third down, and he let the clock go from like a minute all the way down to thirty seconds. And they're like, "Wow, you think Kyle Shanahan would try to go down and get a field goal?" <clears throat> but he mm-hmm. he you know he didn't want to risk not getting it on third down and then kicking it to. Dallas with a minute left in their own timeouts to get some points before the half. So this whole game was a real chess match. You know, it was very, very thought out. Um, It it felt like Kyle Shanahan, he knew, hey, all we have to do is win. And he doesn't care how it happens because it didn't look like they were trying to play sexy football or get any style points. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, look, we could go out here and play, run some really cool stuff. But if I make Purdy drop back, what are the chances of a strip sack happening? You know, I feel like there's a lot of analytics in it. And Kyle Shanahan was like, look, I don't care how it looks to the public. I care about getting to the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. And they stuck with the run. And you saw finally in one of the last drives in the third quarter, they went on a 90-yard drive. And finally the running was starting to wear down the team. And then George Kittle, man, he had such incredible blocks that um, just as a yeah. run blocker, 
uh, he he changed the game so much. And actually, my my kind of turning point in this game was something that you might not expect. There was the Cowboys that kicked the field goal and yep. they tied the game, and then they kicked the ball off to the Niners. The re- the the returner ran the ball all the way into Dallas territory and got out at the 45-yard line. But the Cowboys' defense came out and did a three and out. So they weren't even able to get in field goal range, and they mm-hmm. had to punt it. And as the punter's running on the field, the announcer's like, so the great return by the 49ers you know, basically doesn't mean anything. They get no points. So they punt the ball to the Cowboys. They call a fair catch on the eight-yard line. So now you backed up the Cowboys into their own territory. The first play on this drive – they throw like mm-hmm. a 55-yard pass to C.D. Lamb, and mm-hmm. he catches it. But they they don't get any more yards on this drive, and then mm-hmm. they had to punt it. Had he not had that great return, the, the 49ers would have punted it from their 25. The Cowboys would have gotten the ball on the 35-40 yard line, and that C.D. Lamb catch would yep. have been in the red zone. Yep. And when you're watching a, a chess match, you can pick up on that kind of stuff. That stuff gets lost in explosive football games. <laughs> you're just like, uh, you, you just don't think about it. But it, it was just one of those games where I felt like everything really mattered. Um, and every decision that the 49ers made was like three steps ahead they were planning. And they stuck with the run game. They They just played their style of football. And I thought the Cowboys – Played a really good game defensively, but at the end of the day, it seems like Dak Prescott might be the most overpaid average quarterback <laughs> in the league. He just didn't throw the ball yeah. in good spots. There were so many times where I was like, if he throws a good ball here, the Niners are screwed, and the Niners have the number one defense in points allowed, but mm-hmm. they're the 22nd rank in, in passing yards allowed. So you can throw it on the Niners. Um, they're just good at red zone defense and holding you to three, but mm-hmm. there were so many plays. I was like, even, even there was a, there was a seam route to uh, Schultz or, or one of their players and, and the linebacker, no, it was the CD lamb mm-hmm. and the Niners linebacker was on coverage and they were like great coverage. And I was like, yes, great coverage. But if he throws that ball a little higher and farther, like, he's coming down with that. And there was just even that big one to CD lamb. If he doesn't throw a, a ball where he has to stop and wait for it and catches that in stride, that's a touchdown. So yep. there was just so many plays where, and yeah, you can say like, what if this, what if this, but, and then my last thing I'll say is at the very end of the game there, they, they do a three and out and it takes like 45 seconds for the punter to get on the field and punt the ball. When you know you have three timeouts, your punter should be running out there and mm-hmm. you should be punting that ball as quick as you can so you can call three timeouts and get the ball back. And McCarthy <laughs> just like Nathaniel Hackett. It was like Nathaniel Hackett. It was like, what I, did they? Uh, real quick, I think they said in, in the broadcast, they're like, this is a master class in wasting time. <laughs> did uh, they wait, really? Yeah, I, I forget if, if, I, if I heard that or if I like, heard it on a podcast I, I listened to later or something, but it was like, this is a masterclass on wasting time. <laughs> That's perfectly put. Yeah. I mean, that was exactly how it felt. And, you know, I always say there's like two things coaches can't do and you can't have 
unnecessary roughness penalties. You can't fail at clock management and you can't have false starts at home. It's like, mm-hmm. these are like the bare minimums and now we're in the playoffs, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, how do you not already on third down in your head? You're like, look, if it's third and three or, or less, and we're going to go for it. And this is the play. And if it's third and four or more, we're going to punt it. So like, you know, get the special teams coach and be like, Hey, get like, what are we doing? Like, why yeah. is it when the game's on the line, you guys are staring at each other and trying to make a decision? Like, dude, this is the <laughs> playoffs. Like, <laughs> and, and, and that's facts, man. That's facts. Real quick, before I get into my analysis of this game, my recap, Bill said Dak equals four. $40 million. Just think about that. You said that he's the most overpaid. Well, most overpaid quarterback. You said, right? Uh, most overpaid average quarterback. Most. Yeah. Most overpaid average quarterback. And it's, it's besides so maybe Russell Wilson. We'll find out. <laughs> give, him another, give him another season. We'll see. Yeah. Um, the simply put the Cowboys, Cowboy, man, the Cowboys, Cowboy, um, the Cowboys defense did a really, really good job. Yeah, they did enough to win. They did. They, 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 they would have done enough to win had the offense been average, which it wasn't. And that's but the Niners have a good defense too. You can't and forget the, about that. Correct, correct. But then that's what I mean. Like it just just be average. And you mentioned that the 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 Niners have the twenty second rated pass defense. Dak is a forty million dollar quarterback, and yet he's he couldn't take advantage of that kind of similar to what, and I didn't mention this when we were going over the Jags chiefs game, Doug Peterson didn't, didn't blitz at all against uh, Mahomes in the, in the second half, which was kind of puzzling in a way, right? Cause you knew he was hurt. You knew he was, he was, he was somewhat well, immobile. The, the I, I just chiefs, feel like you should have done that. I, I I'll say this to defend Doug a little bit. The chiefs have two players on mm-hmm. their old line that, had in the top five of all offensive players in the NFL offensive linemen, they have two that are in the highest pass protection win rate. They have two. Okay. So I think he was trying to like, Hey, I think it's better that if we like allow our front to just get there mm-hmm. and we play like a zone kind of like get, you know, more bodies to cover the field because they won't be able you, to do much damage. Blitz, right. Yeah. If you blitz and they, they hold it. They're just going to pick you. Yeah. The Chiefs are just like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because yeah. like you bring pressure, <laughs> maybe true. it works. You go to man coverage, and there's so much time that the receiver gets loose. You play yeah. zone, and Andy Reid runs his zone buster. Like everything that you could possibly do, Andy Reid has a solution. But yeah. I, I totally yeah. get what you mean. Immobile quarterback, why mm-hmm. don't you, you know, it's kind of as much as I wanted to like, I agree, but I was also like, isn't that kind of fucked up if, like, you got a quarterback? You got a quarterback out there. And that was my thinking, too. I'm like, man, that would be fucked up. But you're also trying to get to the yeah. championship game. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Yeah. Um, but, and, 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 you know, going back to the 49ers, Cowboys, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy even should have been able to do that, should have been able to exploit that. If they realized, right, that we can possibly beat them through the pass, which by the way, CD lamb, 10 receptions, 117 yards. They did a pretty good amount to him, but I mean, you get, yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta turn into touchdowns at that point. Right. Um, yeah. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz was the only score, the only Cowboys score in this game. Um, 
And then Brett Maher, poor guy, got his got got the extra point blocked after that touchdown, which is just like, what the fuck? Um, and Diggs too dropping that interception. I mean, yeah. that would have changed the game. Yeah, too. It would have. This, like really this is yeah, like the Chiefs game. This is like the Chiefs game. There's little things that could have happened that would have altered the outcome. Absolutely. Um, but Dak looked, Dak looked terrible. Uh, I think I said this. I said this during during our our our, our predictions. I was like, who, between Purdy and Prescott, whoever is a better quarterback in this game will win the game, and that's that's exactly what happened. Dak sucked, and Brock, Brock Purdy was uh, average. You know, he was he was, but he was better than Dak. Yeah, um, he's got great footwork, and there was multiple times where you could see he went first progression, second <laughs> progression, third progression back to the first yeah and you're just like just like well you know it, it doesn't look great all the time but it was like you know he's like really going through his progressions with pressure he did he played good game i mean he's yeah. learning you can tell he's learning on you know and this Absolutely. is the best defense he's ever played not just in, like definitely never play anything like this in college or uh even in high school and now he's mm-hmm. in the nfl and so yeah i thought about that before kickoff i was like you mm-hmm. know what this is something really to consider. Brock Purdy's never gone against a defense as good as the one he's about to go against. And yep. I thought there's definitely room for improvement, but I thought he handled himself pretty well. He did. And and you know, I, I still I still think like he didn't do anything crazy to to win the game. I think the pass you know, to Kittle. The, the pass the, to Kittle was was like Kittle Kittle, the concentration George Kittle had on that that catch. It was ridiculous, and then and then you saw Trayvon Diggs coming in, and literally the last split second, could have Kittle hit him. brought it in. No, Kittle brought it in, and it could have been intercepted had he held it out. Instead, yeah. once he caught it, secured it, he brought it into his chest, and that's when Trayvon Diggs just right in front of him, zhoot, literally the, right oh, in front I, of him. See, I in the live stream, I was saying, I was like, dude, if you just hit Kittle right there, because he's already touched the ball, you're allowed to, you know, hit him. I was yeah. like, man, he's not catching the ball if you just hit him. That's true. You know, that, and that, that was too. But Kyle Shanahan said after the game that that wasn't even one of the – the ball wasn't supposed to go there. That was just Purdy, like, in the moment being like – I I thought that was – and actually right before that drive started, Debo mm-hmm. told Purdy – he's like – he went up to him. He's like, put it, put us on your back. We're, we're going to jump in your backpack. We're all going to jump in your backpack. <laughs> he's like, take us – Take us down the field, and <laughs> that was like the next play was that throw to Kittle, and that kind of felt like the it was just one of those things where you're like you're like the, you can only hold them for so long. Eventually, yeah. CMC is going to start running the ball, and eventually, yep. it's going to open up other stuff. And that's what's crazy about this uh, Niners offense is even when you play your best game, it's only a matter of time before mm-hmm. these guys get tired and yep. CMC starts busting them loose and and that's what i was gonna say that that play and that drive really was what turned the game around and look this was in the fourth quarter the cowboys defense had played very well up until then but 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 like you said the defense can only play so well for so long before they're like we're giving up a score but it's it's on Dak and how he looked which by the way he looked like he like he looked in this game like he looked week 18 against the commanders a bum garbage yeah bum (laughs) um but the defense was the only good thing about this cowboys team 
Brock Purdy and George Kittle on that connection, you know, George Kittle's concentration, bringing that ball in, and then CMC rushing it in for a touchdown was perfect. That right there won the game, and obviously, right, because even though they had a field goal afterwards, that was kind of like, all right, it's it's over at this point. Um, yeah, the, the but, Kittle catch. Yeah, the Kittle catch and just 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 the field goal after that too. Um, yeah, because they they chewed up eight minutes. On, yeah. on that drive. So they had the pass that went to, to Kittle, which was 17 yards over the middle. And then from there, the Niners got three more first downs and chewed up eight minutes of time, leaving only three minutes and four seconds with a seven point lead. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the turning point. It, it really was. And what I will say too, is Elijah Mitchell for this team was, was really good. Yeah, um, there were some runs where he broke tackles, got the first down when he needed to. And and him and McCaffrey, they combined for only 86 yards, so they didn't break the century mark, sure. But like I said, they the runs that they did have were like important first downs, important second downs to make it a, a makeable third down, right? Things like that. And McCaffrey obviously had the touchdown, um, and Kittle led with 95 yards as far as receiving. Um, but I think the, 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 the name of this game and the, you know, the, the score says it all as well is it, it was all about the defenses, which defense could hold, which defense can make the most difference at the end of the day, man, it was a 49ers defense that really made all the difference. Um, because they were pretty evenly matched throughout the entire game as far as offense. I mean, the, the Niners had 312 yards total offense and Dallas had 282 yards. So, yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot about the defenses and a, and a lot about how much they affected this game. And uh, are, we giving, are we giving out game balls yet or not yet? Yeah, I was just going to say one last thing. Because you think about red zone defense, and that, that's what the Niners, that's when they, like, really excel. And they're on the Vic Vangio tree. They run cover six. That is, mm-hmm. like, um, the defensive coordinator – uh, DeMarco Murray, I think mm-hmm. his name is, or I, I or DeMarco Mathis. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, de, damn it. I can't, <laughs> DeMathias. Who, who's this the, for? The, the, the defensive defense coordinator for uh, San Francisco. Sorry, it's oh, just uh, bothering the, me. D'Amico Ryans, D'Amico Ryans, yeah, because the Broncos interviewed him for uh, he's a dark horse. He's getting a job soon. He's getting a job for sure. But that's, uh, yeah, he's under the Vic Fangio tree as well. And that cover six works great in the red zone. That's why you got like the Broncos defense, our defense coordinator learned from Vic Fangio and it just works really well. But the, the, the Cowboys electing at the end of the half, not to kick the field goal. They didn't Mm -hmm. trust their kicker. And then they go for it. I think it was fourth and seven Mm -hmm. and they ended up, getting the first down and continuing the drive. And then they Dak through a pick in the red zone. So they were, they were about to, I mean, get a minimum of three and they end up throwing that pick. And then the 49ers get a chance to go downfield and get a field goal to end the half. So right there, it's a six point swing and you got the missed extra point. There's your seven points that you lost by right there. So yeah, there there's just a lot of, things that were left to be desired for the Cowboys. And you'll think that I'm, I guarantee people will be like, 
okay, the 49ers, they played the Cowboys good, but next week they got the the Eagles. That's going to be a tough – I'd make an argument that when <clears throat> the the Cowboys are playing good offensively, they're one of the toughest offenses in the league. Yeah. Obviously, Tony Pollard left with a broken leg. He did get injured, yeah. Yeah, he broke his tibia. That's a, a huge loss for the Cowboys. Who knows yeah. what would have happened if he stays in the game. Yep. Um, but the, the the Cowboys' offense is no joke, and holding mm-hmm. them to twelve points is a huge deal. And if you're if you're a Forty Niners fan, you got to be thinking like you. There's some hope that you'll be able to slow down the Eagles next week because the Cowboys' offense, like I said, it's not like they played the Giants' offense. No offense, Bill, but <laughs> they the Cowboys' offense. We've seen them put up. A couple, you know, 52 points in a game. So, yep. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, real quick, want to get to Bill's uh, comment here. It's saying, I'm on Team Purdy just to keep the story going. Well, that and I hate the Eagles. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> and Purdy every day. Let's go. Uh, if you guys are watching, Kyle's Shout got out the best. Barstool Sports. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that is that a barstool uh, shirt? Yeah, I see the logo right here. Oh, I see, I see it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Bill's like, I knew it would be coming eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, my game ball for the 49ers Cowboys. And this is gonna be this is gonna be like like not, nothing you expected, but it's, I, I think it's gotta go to CD Lamb, man. Uh, for me, my team, my game ball is going to CD Lamb. He did everything he could. Ten receptions, 117 yards. This guy is a stud. The 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 Cowboys did an, a a great job in drafting CD Lamb. Um, this guy's ready at any point in time. He he's not not that I have seen lately, recently, whatever. He doesn't seem to be a diva wide receiver yet. He's wearing 88 and he's in Dallas. So I feel like it's, it's bound to happen, but um, he's not an evil wide receiver yet. And he continues to show why he's so good. Yeah. So good in the NFL. So my game ball is going to him in a losing effort. Um, but I, go ahead. Don't you have to win to get a game ball? Uh, no, not in this, <laughs> not, pod, not, not, not on this that. podcast. <laughs> okay. My Everyone game ball gets a trophy. Lawrence. Everyone gets a trophy here. <laughs> my uh my game ball is gonna go to George Kittle. Yes, yes, yeah, George Kittle. He made great uh great catches. Um, but man, if you if you see the way he run blocks, and even uh there's even plays where like a tight end is supposed to go out, but his job is to like uh chip the edge yep. rusher and then he runs his route, and so you have basically two layers for Micah Parsons. You got the chip by George Kittle, and then he runs his route, so he sh- shakes it off and keeps running the passer. And then you have the fullback, mm-hmm. uh, use check, and then it's his job to hit Par- uh, Parsons. And then if he doesn't you know, get him, then Parsons gets a sack. So you have these layers mm-hmm. uh, of protection. And there were so many times where you just saw Kittle like make a great – block or they ran a screen and his block was the reason that they were able to get 10 yards or they run the ball and he sealed an edge like i was Mm -hmm. like dude kittle is a very good run blocking tight end and i've heard it before but watching that game up closely like that i uh i never knew how 
much of an impact he has on the game. So yeah, George and, Kittle. And you mentioned earlier how physical the Bengals were against the Bills. George Kittle is like the epitome of physicality. That man does everything he wants to hit. He wants to get hit. He just wants that contact, and he wants to make sure that you feel it as much as he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? So He's having yeah, fun, good. too. Do yeah, you see him and, look at the sky cam? Oh, dude, he that dude is having fun every single moment. He reminds me of Gronk in a, in a way, but he doesn't get as angry as Gronk used to playing football, uh, at least not that I've seen. Um, so, so he's, he's a very fun player to watch. Uh, San Francisco is very lucky to have him as a tight end for how good he is. Yeah. I thought you were reading that, uh, on a comment, the way you said it, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, he, the 49ers are really lucky to have them. Do you know oh. who also is lucky to have them? Uh, do you know who Claire Kittle is? Is that his wife? Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I just figured it out oh they uh they first crossed paths at the university of iowa in 2012 when they were both freshmen really yeah they said it wasn't exactly love at first sight kittle says <laughs> i saw her and i was like god damn who is that george kittle <laughs> recalled <laughs> he was like oh that's claire actually one of my friends and she's a total bitch <laughs> but george said he wanted to find out for himself so he went up to her and commented <laughs> on her bright pink mopped helmet. After that, the football player spent the next eight months in the Fred zone, friend zone before they, the two began dating. <laughs> That's my friend. She's a bitch. Kittle's like, I love bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know George Kittle was married. That's funny. That Yeah, that's actually kind of insane. I didn't think so either. Bill goes, uh, and Kittle knows where the sky cam is at all times to make faces. That's true. That yeah. is very true. He's just he having does. a great time out there. Oh, absolutely. He loves that. He gets paid millions to play a, a, a game. So, and uh, Purdy and him are like really close now. And they are, yeah. they're making jokes like, cause he went to Iowa and he went to Iowa state and they're like, I can't let him get too many touchdowns, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> they got like the whole college rivalry thing. Jesus. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, yeah. That was our divisional uh, NFL playoffs weekend recap. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if your team is on to the conference championships, then awesome for you. And if not get them next year, I guess, I don't know what the hell to say to you. I, the bears are not, the bears have been out for a while, so I don't care. Um, it gets but... easier. <laughs> it gets easier as time goes on. It does. It gets easier as the uh, draft comes, gets closer as the off season gets closer as preseason gets closer. It just, it just gets it gets easier. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's move on now. We have four teams remaining. So let's move on to top five, no debating. Top five, top, top five, five, top five, five, top five. <laughs> we'll move on to our top five, top five, top five A uh, AFC and NFC conference uh championship version, which is only four teams, but you know, I was telling Kyle earlier. Drake didn't make a song that said top four, top four, top four. So we're going with top five, top five, top five. Um, <laughs> real quick, Bill goes, at least next week you can't give me any crap about my Giants. <laughs> See you then. <laughs> That's facts, but we still might. Um, all right, let's go into the, the remaining conference championship teams and let's go number four through number one. Kyle, are you ready? I'm ready. 
All right. Do you want to start or you want me to start? Um, I guess I'll start. So you, you don't think I'm copying you. Okay. <laughs> Number you four, be. I got the Kansas city chiefs. Um, a lot of, a lot of people have them being the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl, but there was an injury to Mahomes, So you got to also keep that in mind. Um, I talked about the defense of mm-hmm. struggles that they've had some of the, the passing game ranked last. Um, I'm just, I'm looking at the other teams that are, are remaining right now and I'm seeing more oh, yeah. complete, uh, more complete teams. And also Mahomes, I told you he's got the, the one of the best lines for pass protection, but he's also the most hurried quarterback. So he throws a lot of passes, which means he holds the ball really long, which means he rolls out. So mm-hmm. it's almost like every play is like, hey, you're going to run this route and then just find Mahomes and then run to where you think he wants you to be. It's all backyard football. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if, you know, with uh, if his mobility is limited, how much of that is going to be able to to happen. So and they're going to be playing a good defense in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. So for that, I got Kansas City at four. And and Tyreek was so good at that with him with that backyard football style play, yeah. Um, but uh, Kadarius Tony was looking pretty good. He's looking pretty good. Um, at number four, I've also got the Chiefs, and it's kind of. Uh, and real quick, let me let me get to to Bill. Got to go clean up dinner. Catch you guys next show. Hashtag cheers, cheers, Bill. Cheers. Thanks for stopping by, man. Appreciate you. Good to see you, um, Bill. I've also got the cheese for all the other reasons you mentioned as well. The uh, Mahomes, obviously the biggest part of this chiefs team. That is like, if you have Mahomes on your team, it's almost like, yeah, we're, we've got a very, very good chance to win. He's got the angle sprain. Who knows how his mobility is going to be affected. Um, his O-line is good, but how good can they be with him being hurt? Um, does this mean that the running game has to step it up? Do, do they run more, two second type of plays. You know what I mean? Like it just affects the team as a whole, at least the offense. Um, and while the defense, you know, we mentioned it earlier, had a, had, had a good game in the fourth quarter uh, to get those two turnovers from, from the Jags, they still gave up like 350 yards to them. And that, that that's, that's rough to see from a uh, Super Bowl favorite defense. So I've also got the chiefs at four um, moving into number three. I have got, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and this is mostly because Brock Purdy, it, it was a it was it was a very average game for him. Yeah, there's no, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it in any sense. He was very average in this game. Um, the George Kittle catch was more George Kittle than it was Brock Purdy, but you got to give Brock Purdy credit rolling out to his left, throwing across his body, and still being able to put that ball in a place where George Kittle could catch it. Um, the defense looked good for the, for the 49ers. Um, but the offense, they were playing a really good defense in the Dallas Cowboys, but the offense didn't look that awesome. It didn't look as awesome as it usually does uh, at least the last few weeks with the 49ers. And they're playing an Eagles defense that just smoked the Giants. Obviously, we're going to get into that in our Wednesday episode, so stay tuned for that. But I've got the 49ers at three for those reasons. Kyle? I got the Bengals at three. And I wow. I in a perfect world, Rick, I would have 
the Niners be in the AFC just so we could get the Bengals playing the Eagles and the Niners playing the Chiefs for the perfect <laughs> Super Bowl. But yeah. I do think it's it, it's unfortunate, but I do think the two best remaining teams are in the same conference, which would mm-hmm. be always the goal of getting to the best Super Bowl. Um, but we'll get that game next week. So yep. I, I do think the Bengals, as good as their defense has been with pressure, turnovers, and points per game, uh, they're not that much better in the passing defense area. Okay. Uh, and I look at their offensive line struggles, and I, I they had a great game, okay, but is it going to happen again? Are they going to be able to repeat the offensive line performance that they had? I, I do think that they can get the win, but as you know, mm-hmm. the Chiefs below uh, the Bengals, I I don't think that necessarily uh, is going to catapult them up to one or two for me. I do think that they're the best team in the AFC, um, and that that's that's huge for them. Yeah. Um, but what, they're going to need to uh, they're going to need to do I would say some kind of I don't want to say blowout, but they're going to need to win by at least 17, I feel like, for me to jump them to one or two just because of the sheer talent on some of these rosters are just like – True. But I agree about the Brock Purdy thing because, like, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brock Purdy's like, you know, it's all – win- of- He's winning. There's a yeah, difference. He's 8-0 as a starter. Yeah. Um, he hasn't lost. The Niners are on a 12-game win streak, which makes them the hottest team in the NFL because mm-hmm. they're on the longest win streak. But the Bengals, they're right behind with, I think, a 10-game win streak. Um, so the the Bengals are just like the, the record for mm-hmm. wins in a row. I got the Bengals right behind my second team. Which is? The 49ers. 49ers. So this is really hard for me because, (laughs) you know, going into the season, I was really high on the Eagles and I had them at one for a lot of the season. (laughs) And I'm trying not to get too caught up in one week of football. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Niners are kind of look, it's hard to say somebody declines when they win in that playoff game but they they didn't do it in the regular fashion that they've been doing they they average 38 points in their last three games and yeah the the cowboys have a really good defense but so do the eagles mm-hmm. so and and then the not the 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 philadelphia eagles just blew out the giants and i don't want to get too high on that either mm-hmm. so this is this is really hard for me i would rather honestly do like one a one b mm-hmm. i don't even really think that one of these two teams should be you know ranks below one at this point but i just i look at the niners and the weapons that they have and i think to myself what a wonderful world <laughs> <laughs> and i'll think to myself it's like how are you gonna how are you gonna beat this team if brock purdy doesn't make an interception or something or or turn over the ball. Like the fact that 
Yeah, you're right. He's not playing great, but he's going through progressions. Mm-hmm. He's comfortable in the pocket. He's rolling out. He made a couple big time throws when they needed him to make a, the most. He mm-hmm. stuck. He stood up and uh, made those throws. And he's not making any mistakes. That's the difference in the game. Dak Prescott makes mistakes, and so far, Brock Purdy, he's perfect. And and he may miss a couple throws, that, mm-hmm. uh, but they can afford to do that. They can miss a couple throws. They can't yeah. have turnovers. Um, and he almost made a huge mistake too. Uh, to before they kicked that field goal, there was like eight seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to send the field goal unit out and they were trying to get like three more yards. So the quick out route and then get out of bounds. Yeah. And Purdy looked to his progressions. He looked and looked and, and the, there was like 30 seconds left on the clock and he still had the ball in his hand mm-hmm. and you see Kyle Shanahan freaking out and then he throws it and he's on the <laughs> other side of the field. He could have yeah. threw it and the clock would have went. He throws it all the way to the other side. So as the ball's in the air, it's like, like the ball hits the ground at one second and it's just like oh my god and so (laughs) you had and then you see kyle shanahan with his play sheet over telling purdy something and they asked them in the post game they're like what did you say to him and he's like that's why i had the play sheet over so (laughs) so you you wouldn't fucking see yeah they were like they literally were like did you yell at him that's what they said and he's like no i never yell and uh and then he said, no, I just told him, like, what did we talk about? If it's not there, get rid of the ball. Like, mm-hmm. don't try to make a play here. And yeah. so you have these moments where you see his youth. You see his yeah. that this is his first time. Like, the, uh, simple things like that. Yeah. Uh, that's why I have them at, too, because that's that's the quarterback right now. Okay. I can respect that. I So, for me, my number two is the Bengals, man. I – I, I for all the things that I said against the Bills, they played perfect. Joe Burrow's a winner. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, that's kind of why I have them in number two. I, I can see why. I feel like 49ers and Bengals can be interchangeable, kind of like we have them. Um, you know, at two and three. Um, but I, I just I think the Bengals are a little bit better. They they showed that even against one of the top defenses in the NFL pretty much all season long, they're still able to come in and beat them by two, three scores. You know what I mean? Like in, in their own stadium, in their own um, elements, in the snow uh, against their fans. Like it was just, it was a beat down by, by, by the Bengals. They, they did everything right. And they made the bills look silly. And that's why I have them at number two. Um, and number one, it's the Eagles obviously yeah. right <laughs> the eagles um i think they've been our favorite in the nfc maybe interchangeable with the 49ers towards the end of the season every once in a while like week weekend week out it was like no the 49ers now the eagles the eagles just put a put an absolute whooping on the uh, on the fucking giants and they're and a well-oiled machine they 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 really are and they can and, beat you every way yep and and they can't get beat they, they just it seems like they, they can't get beat, especially with the way they, they played against the Giants. Talked about their O-line, talked about the receivers, their defense. Jalen Hurts is their leader. Sirianni is doing an amazing job uh, game planning against these teams. It, it just seems like the, the, the Eagles are are on a, a one one stop and that's the Super Bowl and that's where they're going. And it's that's what it seems like like is going to happen. 
Yeah, Jalen Hurts is so good too. I I think if Jalen Hurts was a quarterback for the Niners, I would oh probably my pick God. the Niners. But That'd like be insane. Yeah, but obviously the Brock Purdy story is a lot of fun, and I uh, of course I've bought in literally. <laughs> uh, I'm like clearly deep into the Brock Purdy mania as you can be, but I still think this is going to be a really tough game, and if, if they win this game, like. Ah, man, I said it last week. I said, if they beat the Cowboys, there will be no more, like, can Purdy do it? Like, that would be the one win against mm-hmm. that defense that they could be like, okay, like, we're not going to keep questioning Purdy. He's a no, and he played the Cowboys. Like, but it, we still kind of are because of the way it happened. Yeah. Right? But they did – well, there was something I wanted to put here. He's got 546 passing yards, which is second among playoff quarterbacks, and 109.9 QBR, which Jesus. is third. Um, and that that is why I think this is actually going to be a really good matchup. But you look at the, the Eagles and this roster, this is one of those rosters that they're, they're not going to be able to stick together. Like – they are too talented. They're going to go get million-dollar deals in different places. But how <laughs> yeah. cool would it be to see the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Kelsey brothers? In, oh, in that would that would be a great storyline. You want to talk storylines for the Super Bowl? That's a <laughs> you great to... storyline right there. Is it better than uh, the M- Mr. Irrelevant making it to the Super Bowl? <sighs> That's a good question, man, because the, the Mr. Irrelevant, it, it just – that would – supersede the Brady storyline that's been on for his last 22 seasons Six or whatever round the draft pick Six yeah. round draft pick is the one of the best quarterbacks in this generation of football. If Brock Purdy makes the Super Bowl, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl as the very last pick, like, like you can't like Hollywood would kick you out, burn you alive for writing that script. They would kill you and, take your head and all you know all the things they say um but that would be an insane 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 story yeah i and i have the eagles at number one right now i think the niners if they want to take that spot they're gonna have to earn it they're gonna have to beat yeah. the eagles in philly um we saw brock purdy during the regular season play in seattle mm-hmm. um and then they're they played in las vegas but not a ton of experience on the road and it's going to be playoffs, and it's going to be really, really loud. And I don't know if you saw the short I made. They asked Kyle Shanahan, uh, what advice do you have to Brock Purdy playing, you know, on the road in his first, you know, conference championship match? And mm-hmm. he said, um, it's uh, it's just – I'm trying to use the exact words. He said, uh, it, it, nothing changes. It's just going to be louder. That he said it's it's basically don't treat it like okay. it's anything different because it's not it's just a lot yeah and okay we'll see what happens this gonna this is man i really think this would be the super bowl in another world but this is going to be an amazing game philly though they take the number one spot they're second yeah. in total defense they in yards 301 yards per game defensively mm-hmm. and they're third in total offense and when Jesus. you get to this part of the season that is kind of like what – do you remember me saying like, oh, the Eagles won and they're two. That's what makes them uh, a juggernaut. I, yeah. I said that in the beginning because you had the Chiefs and it's like 126. And it's yeah. like, okay, they're, they're, the offense is, you know, they're getting it done. Defense but, has to catch up. 
Yeah, the demon, and then you see a team where you're just like, wow, they can they can do that and they can do that, and that's yeah. going to be hard because I think defensively, you're going to have uh, even a tougher matchup against mm-hmm. the Eagles. Um, I'd be interested to do a deep dive, and I probably will about what kind of defense the Cowboys play and what mm-hmm. kind of defense the Eagles play, because um, whatever the Cowboys did, I think is it works the best against uh, the Niners' defense. Yeah, it's going to be hard to run the ball with that def- defensive front and stuff like that. But the Eagles are gonna they're gonna take that number one spot just because of how high they are. But it's I almost feel like a hypocrite because. The since Brock Purdy took over, they averaged the most points per game. It's not the Eagles, but <laughs> it's but insane. they played weak opponents. When you look they, at who the Niners played, they, they have played a lot of strong, talented teams. They played Seattle twice. They played mm-hmm. Tampa, the Commanders, uh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of go down the list, and you're like winnable, winnable, winnable. They, there's a reason none of these people are in the playoffs. Yeah. And then you got to the Cowboys and you're like, okay, circle that one. This is going to yeah. be the real test. And then yeah. you saw 19 to, to 12 and you're like, do we park the brakes <laughs> a little bit? You know, <laughs> did they fall down to earth? What happened? Yeah. You know, so I, I get you. We'll see. I think it would shock the world though. If they go into Philly and Purdy has 350 yards, three touchdowns, and that would be insane. That would just add to the storyline. It, it really would. Um, but that was our remaining. Uh, uh, I I I don't know. Do we, we're probably that's probably the last time we'll rank teams this season. Because <laughs> I mean, once it gets to the Super Bowl, it's like, well, it's more like who do you want to win at that point? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> So thank you all for uh for you know being with us while we do our top five no debating top five top, top five. five top five <laughs> there you go so the top five top five top five will be retired until next season when we do it again oh um, I just got uh, sad <laughs> <laughs> it's all right that just means there's more top fives coming soon um but let's move on to our final segment. Talk a little. Let's talk a little bit about uh, something else other than than playoff football. Let's talk about some head coaching vacancies and some yes. possible candidates too. So the biggest one, and the the one that affects Kyle, is the Denver Broncos head coaching vacancy. Obviously, they got rid of Nathaniel Hackett uh, week fourteen, uh, week fifteen. Some, fifteen. Okay. I knew it was closer to the end of the season. They got rid of Nathaniel Hackett. It was a rough, rough season for him. It kind of sucks because I really thought that uh, they were going to give him the entire season and maybe next season uh, to see if he could really do anything with Russ Wilson in that offense. Uh, in you know, injuries happen, this and that. But now he's gone. So now we're looking for, or at least Kyle is definitely looking forward to who gets picked up. And Kyle, what's one of the big names circulating for the Denver Broncos head coaching job? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah, so Sean Payton, he uh, he visited with the Broncos last week on Tuesday, so about a week ago now. And um, a lot of people didn't know how it was going to go, especially people. I was a little discouraged about it because people that were close to Sean Payton, like <coughs> Colin Coward, the reason they're close is because they both work for Fox. So Sean yeah. Payton comes on the herd like a couple times a week and talks football. 
mm-hmm. um, he was saying like, I, th- I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but he was saying like, Sean Payton cares about ownership. He cares about ownership and yeah. the quarterback. Those are like his big two wickets. Like I need a quarterback I can win with and I need a good owner. And Colin kept saying the the Broncos have five owners, you know, in their owner meeting. They don't really know who is who's running the show. And none of that was true. And I hated that he kept saying yeah. that because I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Greg Penner's taken over. Um, so the day after Sean Payton met with the Broncos, Colin Coward comes on and he's like smiling, almost like he knows something, but he can't tell. Yeah. And he's like, a bastard. Uh, he's like, there's a report out that Sean Payton was really impressed with the Broncos ownership. And he then he says, I can confirm that because I went and had dinner with him after the interview. Oh, and wow. He could, could. Yeah. So he confirmed. He said he's really impressed with their ownership group. And then Russell Wilson through legal channels, reached out to Sean Payton and apparently said, um, you know, I would like you to fix me. Like, I know that, yeah. you know, I haven't, I didn't have my best season, but I still feel like I can play at a high level, but it just basically, can you fix me? Like, mm-hmm. and apparently that meant a lot to Sean Payton. And then the Broncos became the clear front runner to land Payton, but he still wanted to interview with Carolina and then Carolina's the owner of Carolina also owns a soccer team, and there was a, a death in oh. one of the players. So the interview got pushed to uh, to I think like early this week. So the Broncos mm-hmm. are going to have Sean Payton come back in for a second interview. Uh, other teams that interviewed Sean Payton are the Texans and the Cardinals. The Cardinals just hired a new GM, so they're not really. Yeah. Not really too sure about that one. And then Carolina, because Sean Payton would be traded in division, you know, because the Saints and Panthers are in the same division, they might ask the Panthers to give up two first round picks. So yeah. usually when you're getting a coach, you don't, this is kind of an unprecedented scenario here, but because they own the rights to Sean Payton, the compensation that comes with it is likely a first round draft pick and maybe a third oh, or something wow. like that. So, Usually you don't have to do that with coaches. Um, and the the Broncos owner, they he's willing to probably pay about $20 million a year, which a lot of people wouldn't like that around the league because it breaks <laughs> the market. Yeah. Um, but it's also the Waltons, the guys who own fucking Walmart. They, no, they, they piss money. <laughs> yeah, people say that. And, I, and I, I make this point, though. I'm like, look, if you have $80 billion – or you have $20 billion, what difference does $20 million a year make? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's easy to be like, oh, but they got $80 billion. But it's like at some point, like $20 million is chunk change. That's couch cushion money. Like to Yeah, absolutely. Here. I think no matter I, – I think if you have a billion dollars – 20 million a yeah, year yeah, should be it, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so – we're we're waiting to see. Apparently, with the second interview, they're not going to have George Payton in in the room, who mm-hmm. is our GM. And it, it it's like when your your parents are having a conversation, 
and you hear them whispering you you come in and then they're like hey go play with your toys you know <laughs> get the um, fuck out of here <laughs> yeah so you know they're gonna ask sean payton like do you want us to keep george payton or not yeah and um he may say one payton is enough around here <laughs> and well i'm trying we're trying not to get our hopes up too high but there are a lot of positive signs pointing uh and you also think about sean payton a big brand the Broncos are the biggest team in the West besides the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something Sean Payton said. So you look at, you know, just staying relevant, being in the division with Patrick Mahomes. Some people think that that would, you know, uh, make him not want to go there. But Sean Payton's a competitive person. He's going to want to want to be in that division. A lot of primetime football where he could go to Carolina and get forgotten about. You know what I mean? Like Carolina's not. Denver. So um, a lot of positive things pointing. If it doesn't go through with uh, with with our number one choice, Jim Harbaugh already said he's staying at Michigan. Mm-hmm. He said uh, after they did a Zoom meeting with the Broncos and then he said, if you're not going to like basically offer me the job right now, I'm going back to Michigan. And they were like, we want to go through our process. And he was like, OK, I'm staying at Michigan. So <laughs> Yeah. If uh, if we wanted Jim, maybe we had to offer, but we wanted to interview Sean Payton for obvious reasons. Um, we interviewed our defensive coordinator, Jim Caldwell, mm-hmm. the former Lions and Colts head coach. We interviewed him. Uh, Dan Quinn seems to be the favorite, though, if yeah. Sean Payton doesn't get picked. Because we interviewed Dan Quinn last year, and it was between Dan Quinn and Nathaniel Hackett. So... Um, I I really wish the owners didn't use words like we're going to be uh, massively aggressive after because it basically they set it up where it's like Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh or bust. Yeah, you know, the expectations are like way up here and we might end up, you know, with Dan Quinn, which is fine. He brings stability. He's a great yeah. defensive coach and we can probably get someone else. But uh D'Amico Ryans the 49ers defensive coordinator was another hot name and David Shaw is one I think this is a dark house but dark horse but I think it's really likely because Mm -hmm. he's the former Stanford head coach and Condoleezza Rice has ties with Stanford the Walton ownership group all went to college in Stanford and Condoleezza Rice actually hired David Shaw to be the Stanford head coach. So there's just a lot of like, you know, how rich people have their like yeah. yacht club buddies and stuff. So like, <laughs> I, I'm thinking maybe David Shaw, but I just like, I just want Sean Payton at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this out of the Broncos, the Colts, the Cardinals and the Panthers uh, and the Texans. What do you think the most attractive job is for Sean Payton? <sighs> So if you would have asked me this before the playoffs, I would have said Denver. But the thing that worries me about the Denver job, and this is the cons of the Denver job, right? Like you, you said it, you, you said it right. Like the, you got, you got money there. You got Russ Wilson. You got a good offense. You've got a very good defense. The team as a whole seems to be intact, right? It seems to be like pretty set. The thing is, if you go to the Broncos, one, they just fired Nathaniel Hackett after 14 games. Two, you're in a super competitive division. 
Whether or not Derek Carr comes back to the Raiders, actually he's not coming back to the Raiders. The Raiders are still a somewhat decent team. You have the Chargers who are a good team, and you have the Chiefs who have won the division for who, who knows how many years in a row. Very comp competitive dis d division. So those are the cons. And you said all the pros. Now, the reason I think, and we had a conversation about this uh, two, three weeks ago or, or whatever. The reason I think the Panthers job is so, um, what's what's the word? Lucrative, whatever. Okay. Like, Yeah, like you want that job is because the NFC South is like up for grabs. Tom Brady played like shit. The Panthers were what? Two games away from making the playoffs and winning the division. The Saints are a team that doesn't seem to be anywhere near competing. And the, the, uh, who's, who else is left in the NFC South, the, the, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Falcons, also another team rebuilding. If you can get into the Panthers job with a, with a healthy DJ Moore with a, uh, I forgot the defensive guy's name, but they have a pretty good, healthy young team. They got some good running backs there. If you go in there with like a Luke, solid choice of quarterback, no, Keekley's not in there anymore. He retired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, anyway. He retired seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he, he retired. I was like, is Kyle serious? Um, <laughs> if you go in there with a solid choice of quarterback, you, you might be the NFC South Division winner next year. Those are the pros of that. The cons are, it's a it's it's a kind of a shitty team, really, when you look at it. Now, again, they played inspired for whatever the interim coach was for the Panthers. They 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 were within two games, blah blah blah. But they're not a complete team. Can you compete? Sure, but they're not a very complete team yet. There's still a lot of pieces that are missing in order to make that a competitive uh, Ron Rivera, Cam Newton type of of, of team, right? Um, but I think the pros outweigh the cons in that situation because you do have a good set of young uh, talent in the Panthers. Now, again, the Denver, Denver Broncos, me personally, I take the Broncos job. I don't care how competitive the NFC, AFC West is. It's Denver. Denver is a fun fucking place to be. I've been there a couple times. It is fun. But the thing you got to think about as a head coach is, well, he, they just fired this guy. Do I really want to go into a situation where I have to play Russell Wilson because they extended him? And what have we said before that holds true throughout the NFL is a, a, a team would rather first get rid of a coach than the player that they paid 200 plus million and an extension to. We saw it in Arizona. It, it's happening. It happened in Denver too. So well, that's, to, that to me as a coach would really be like off putting. There has been uh Sean Payton, obviously before he was a Broncos candidate, uh, he's been, like doing stuff on TV saying like what he would do to fix Russell Wilson. Yeah. So like he always like throughout the season, he felt like he could fix him. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe, maybe he said, so I think there's two ways to look at it. Like one way is like, gosh, I could get screwed with Russell Wilson. Um, But mm -hmm. the other way is like, Hey, Russell Wilson didn't fall off a mountain and I could go in there and make some minor adjustments and look yep. like a quarterback guru. Yeah. Um, you know, and you see what he did with Drew Brees when he took over. So I do mm -hmm. think he would be able to, at the very least, make Russell Wilson look better than he was this year, a lot better. Sure. And yeah. um, I, 
you bring up a lot of good points about that, but I think the owners sat down with him and they were like, look, Russell Wilson plays like garbage uh, this year. Like he's out. You yeah. Know, we'll eat yeah. the dead cat money. I don't, you know, I don't want, and I think there's also teams that would trade for Russell Wilson, like teams that have nothing like Atlanta or something. I feel like one of them would be like, Hey, we'll take that contract. You know, it's yeah. Cause it's still like in that one year where it's like, was it a fluke? Because it's just nobody's ever fallen off a cliff that fast in one year, you know, ever. He was an MVP candidate, you know, two mm-hmm. years ago. Now all of a sudden he's the worst quarterback in the league. Like something just doesn't seem right there. So I I would make a argument for Baker Mayfield and Matthew Stafford this past year. You know what I mean? Oh, like they look bad. They look bad this year. Um and and I just, I, again, those are the things to me. And like, like I said, if you had asked me before the playoffs, I would have been like, fuck yeah, Denver. Absolutely. Right. That's the place I want to go to. But when you look at like the future of things, the future landscape of certain divisions, of certain teams, of certain ownerships, Carolina as a head coach, and even as a Sean Payton, right? Like someone who's already won a Super Bowl and can, and has proven that he can build a team from the ground up. That might be a really, really, good place for him too in his mind and thinking as a coach right of course he might want to go in there and be like i'm about to make the panthers this great team and just be revered as one of the best coaches in the nfl why wouldn't you want a legacy like that right um yeah in denver why wouldn't you want to go in there and be like what was viewed as a 220 million dollar mistake last year is now looked at like sean payton revived his career and is now like like uh, competing for the AFC West division, going to the playoffs, this and that. Either way, I think if Sean Payne is able to do either of those things, he's looking good as a coach. And we haven't even touched like the Texans or or, or, or the or the Colts or the uh, the uh, Cardinals. I don't think. I, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say another guy to keep your eyes on that hasn't been talked about, but he will be, and if not this year, next year is Mike Kafka. So Dallas yeah. actually lets Mike run the offense for the Giants. Um, and he was the quarterback's coach for Patrick Mahomes from 2018 oh, wow. to uh, 2021. And then he got the job being an offensive coordinator. And now you saw him, his ability to turn around um, Daniel Jones. Yeah. So he uh, – I think he's got maybe like one or two more years, but he's got definitely going to be a hot candidate. I think soon just from being under Andy Reed all those years. Yeah. And, and this one year with Dable and seeing, and seeing what he did with Daniel Jones, like you said, and let's hit the comments here. We got Tyler in the chat, Tyler, what's up? Cheers. Hold on. Let me get what's my up, cup. Cheers. Um, he's saying, and this is one of the jobs we haven't even talked about. If I was Sean Payton, I would like the Texans job because you would be able to coach an upcoming rookie quarterback and are able to build around him with good players. There ownership, are a couple, though. He said oh, ownership matters. Ownership does matter. And I don't know what exactly is the Texans' ownership or, or what, what their reputation is, but that's true. What, there are pros to that job as well. You have a good rookie in Damian Pierce um, as a running back. Um, you do get your selection at quarterback, right? Like either w- whether or not the Bears trade the first-round pick. If you're the, if you're the Texans at number two, you're probably going to get a, a selection at a couple good quarterbacks. Um, Assuming Sean Payton actually likes any of these quarterbacks. 
That's true too. But I think at that point, if you're the Texans, you can't go on with Davis Mills. I think you do have to 100% draft the quarterback. And let's say Sean Payton is there. And if he has to go with Shroud or Young or whoever it is that he wants, you can kind of build another, again, another sort of legacy as a coach from there on with the Texans, you know, and that's the AFC South though. The only thing that would deter me from going there is again, the Jaguars, the Jaguars look really good and you're going to have to start from scratch really uh, with the Texans. So that might not be a lucrative job either. Um, And then Tyler, once again, a lot of signs are pointing towards Nathaniel Hackett coming back to green Bay as the offensive coordinator, which I'm sure Rogers would love and would influence his decision in returning. Oh, I didn't know that was a possibility. That's, well, Adam, that's... Adam Kaplan, an NFL insider reported seven hours ago that it's very likely he's going to take the Jets offensive coordinator position. Oh, really? So yeah, keep, keep your eye on that one. Oh, Tyler. okay. So is, I guess uh, the question is like, which is the least favorable coaching job you think is it the Colts is it Texans is it the Cardinals I I like the Colts job Mm -hmm. I feel like they're really talented but when I when I look at the Texans and their ownership group and these people that decided to to trade um well Deshaun Watson that was before all that stuff happened and and then DeAndre Hopkins like Mm -hmm. there's just it seems like we if you have bad owners it's just it's almost like you can't get anything done. It's like having yeah. a bad boss, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think Sean Payton really cares about that. And I, I personally don't think he would go to a team like the Texans. Um, and the Panthers is just tricky because it's in division. So <laughs> I don't know if he would, we'll see. I, I, I you say least attractive. I would say the Texans because Sure, you can get a quarterback, you could get Stroud, or you could get um Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young. But I don't I don't know if Sean Payton sold on on either of those guys. And I think it would be more likely that he would take one of those jobs and then just um real Tom Brady or yeah. or, or or Jimmy Garoppolo or yeah. uh Baker Mayfield, you know, or, or somebody Oh, yeah, because we were so quick to be like the draft. Um, yeah, but he might be like, I can get CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or I can get a, a guy that four years ago was the number one overall pick that, you know, has a higher ceiling maybe than he thinks Bryce Young has. Because Bryce Young, we've seen five foot ten quarterbacks get drafted, but when they do, usually they're 215 pounds of muscle. Bryce yeah. Young is skinny. Like he I don't, is. I don't think Bryce Young is going to be able to stay healthy in the NFL. So mm, that is something that would deter me from there. And then Ohio State, you got to be careful getting an Ohio State quarterback. Justin Fields might have broken the curse, but you still, hopefully, God, I hope so. Still, you still gotta, <laughs> you know, tread lightly with Ohio State. Absolutely, but and here's the thing, and. <laughs> Here's the thing I, I think is is the worst job, and it, this isn't necessarily like 100% my opinion, but the Cardinals job. Oh, the Cardinals job. Literally made Cliff Kingsbury take a one-way ticket to Thailand 
<laughs> and just that's fall such a clip playing scary thing to do. <laughs> but I mean, fall off the face of the earth because he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? After my three years in in Arizona, I'm gonna go to Thailand, and I, I don't know when pad I'm coming thai. back. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna eat so much pad thai. Oh my god! Like that's gotta be. Look, you have Kyler Murray there. You have DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. You no longer have JJ Watt, but the defense can still be can still be very very good, right? And but if, if a team made a, a coach do that, you gotta think like, what is what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so like at least that Nathaniel may as well. Hackett is you know gonna be a coach somewhere next year. He's, yeah, like, that's what I'm if saying. He was in least... Germany, we would be like, hey man, what happened over there? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. It's like Nathaniel Hackett turned into a monk. Uh, we don't know what happened, but the Denver Aaron Rodgers is gonna join him. <laughs> They're gonna do ayahuasca. And They're just gonna be, do just ayahuasca and massage each other's heads. <laughs> oh man! Uh, we got Tyler here saying, "When I look at Bryce Young, he faces the best competition in all of college football." CJ Stroud is in a weak conference. Young is facing teams like Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee. And I guess we, you know, with with that logic, sh- sure that that could work out. But I mean, we've seen quarterbacks from Alabama and the. SEC come into the NFL and just just fail and, yeah and, and it's time. not yeah all the time and it's not necessarily about the conference but it's it's funny Who's because Ohio last Alabama quarterback to you know take his team to the playoffs to be like Trevor Lawrence uh hurts <laughs> Jalen hurts and Tua if and Tua but uh, what about before that before that yeah I mean who AJ McCarron was the quarterback like that's what uh, I'm saying. Mac they're Jones, so, maybe, but I mean, still, he's with the Jalen Hurts, so, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say they're so good. Um, like on offensive line at wide receiver. Like at one point, they had uh Jerry Judy, they had um the uh Henry Ruggs, yeah, they had another dude. They they had so much, it was like any quarterback is gonna it's almost like your value's inflated when you're at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, the Big Ten next year is good, is not going to be a joke. The Big Ten no. is going to be really, really tough next next year. Wisconsin's going to be really good. You, they're using the portal. They got a really good head coach now. Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. Michigan's going to be good. I mean, Big Ten's going to be good. Yeah, and Big they Ten's have been be tough. Yeah, they two, have been. Two of the four playoff teams were from the Big Ten, so I don't, I don't know. I don't like this disrespect to the Big Ten, Tyler. Um, yeah, people but, are so high in the SEC all the time. Yeah, but I will say I will agree with them. Like they're just, faster. Just, I will agree with you and him. Like, like just Ohio State has just shown that their quarterbacks going into the NFL do not succeed. I'm hoping Justin Fields is is the one exception, or at least breaks the he curse. Is, but he is, he is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna win for you. I want him to be good because <laughs> um, I said we should have drafted him. So that's true. I thought good. you were. I really thought you were. Um, no, we all right. Like we wanted Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. Oh my god. Where do you get your inspiration, Rush? Unlimited. <laughs> what a fucking goofball. All right. Well, that was our last segment, head coaching vacancies. Uh, we will co- obviously talk about that more as we get into uh closer to the off season after the Super Bowl, this and that. Um, it should be a very fun conversation. Denver, obviously, being one of the locations, 
that's looking for a head coach. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, I'm assuming for you, hopefully you guys get the best guy you can. And hopefully that's that Sean Payton. Um, yeah. It, you'll hear about it right away. There'll be a breaking oh, yeah. news pod. If that happens, Kyle, Kyle will be on his toilet, giving you a quick short, <laughs> like he did about the Tyreek Hill news. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Hold on. <laughs> oh my god that's hot um all right well thank you guys for joining us on this episode of only football you can follow us on twitter at underscore star six media and you can follow me on twitter at and now rick it's getting about basketball season but i'm still going to be tweeting about the, the 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 conference championships and the super bowl so you know catch me there kyle where can they catch you on Twitter? You can find me at S-T-B-L-O-N-L-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Only football, football only podcast. <laughs> I love it. Love that he fucked up too. Um, but other <laughs> than that, you can follow us at Star Six Media on all the other uh, all the other uh, social, on our, all our other socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, uh, and Facebook. So go ahead, like, subscribe, share all our stuff, share this video, uh, going to be going up on YouTube soon. Um, but go check us out, go check out our content that we're putting out. And, and like I said, share us and like us if, if, if you guys are liking the content and you can also listen to only football on all podcast platforms, um, as well. So make sure to subscribe, hit that little bell to get the notifications of when we do go live and when our podcast episodes do drop. Also, go watch and listen to all our other shows. EAFP, Talking Soccer, Only Football. Oh, wait, that is only, we're only football. JCA only Sports, <laughs> uh, Three Up, Three Down for your baseball needs, Sports Strip Live, and Slot Shot, NHL Podcast. And Radio. just, yep. And just a, just a quick announcement, too, from my end. Big League Chicago is going on a bit of a hiatus. So uh, you will get all your, if you guys, you know, listen to this podcast. And you also listen to Big League Chicago. Just want to give you a heads up that it will be going on a slight hiatus for for a period of time, just to kind of uh, just as we work towards making only football better and Star Six Media as a whole better. Um, but there's still a lot of shows, a lot of good stuff coming your way. So just want to give you guys a heads up. I will be working full time for only football and Star Six Media, so you're going to get a lot more content from us. And you know, we have a lot of content during the season and the playoffs, but once the once the off season comes, don't 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 worry. We've got a lot of stuff ready for you guys during the off season, right, Kyle? It's going to be awesome. Yep, we got the the trivia. We got the group watch of a. We're going to put a random year in a hat to watch a nineteen eighty two Super Bowl, whatever years. <laughs> That's going to be cool. Learn some some football, and then we got to keep track of everything going on because if there's mm-hmm. ever been an off season, that's going to have a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks changing locations, IP addresses, and also Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Like there's going to be, you know how it is. The saga continues. Let's get real. Uh, (laughs) Rodgers is probably going to be in South America for a month and then he'll come back, puked out his desires and ready to make a decision. We're going to interview him while he's on ayahuasca. So that should be fun. Stay tuned for that. Hopefully. That would be insane. I would feel like 
contact high probably I'd be like, i know oh. right <laughs> that'd be so much fun but <laughs> all right everybody thank you guys again for tuning in and a big shout out to bill and tyler for joining us on this episode in the comments appreciate you guys and everyone else who's tuned in or is listening uh to this podcast show right now kyle got anything else before we get out of here that's all i got we'll do our next episode talking about the conference championship matchups can't wait to see you guys all right man see ya see ya